Hey, everybody. Hey, everyone. This is Zach. This is Stuart. And uh, yeah, this time we're talking about It Chapter 2. Chapter 2. From 2019. It's an adaptation of the uh, Stephen King novel, uh, It, eponymously named. And I just dropped my pen. Oh, no. Watch out. <laughs> it might get you. Yeah. <laughs> so, <laughs> uh, yeah, if you haven't... Um, Go ahead and read that book or listen to our coverage of it. We're pretty thorough. Yeah. Um, watch the miniseries. Watch the one before this and then watch this one. Although I feel like you could watch these two separately. Um, yeah. If I'm being honest. But I, uh, I wonder if that was kind of a, a decision that they made where they're like, we want it to be accessible to everyone. Yeah. Yeah, probably. I mean, because like we were saying in the last episode, you know, they Warner Brothers had a, a $35 million budget for it and they got back a little over 700 million. Yeah. This movie had a $79 million budget and it got back 474 million. So it, they spent Don't twice we. as much to make half as much. Yeah. <clears throat> I mean, I don't understand the mentality of like, Oh, well, if we put more into it, it will generate more. More, yeah. Like, not necessarily. <laughs> um, this one was kind of a longer one, too. Yeah, this one's almost three hours. Um, yeah. It's like in the 160, 150, 160 minute range. Mm -hmm. um, Rotten Tomatoes gives it a 62. Uh, Cinema Store, Cin Cinema Score also gave this a B plus, which I feel like is very generous. Yeah. Um, uh, this this one for anyone who is unaware, this is the adult side of the story. Yeah. Twenty seven years later, when they and come they back, decide to come back and deal with this once and for all. Yeah, um, part of it too. I think it, usually when you have more screenwriters involved, I feel like it's it's a weaker script. Yeah, it kind of gets uh, mumbled in the kitchen. But the last one had three writers. This one had one. Uh, Gary Doberman is the sole writing credit. Um, mm. So he's not sharing it with Chase Palmer or Kiri Fukunaga. Um, if anyone is unaware of who Doberman is, he wrote uh, the Annabelle trilogy, The Nun, and The Curse of La Llorona most recently. I've not seen any of this. <laughs> um, none of them are good. Um, okay. In my in my opinion, I, I, I went at length last time talking about how I'm, I'm not a huge fan of James Wan type horror movies and that that's exactly what those are mm, um like okay. annabelle comes out of and i think the nun both come from the conjuring universe oh okay um so they're actual they're, universe yeah they've yeah because huh. i mean it's they're built on real people but they're real people who were grifters so i i can't really recommend recommend that series of uh movies oh, okay. <laughs> i didn't know that was a because I've only heard The Conjuring. I've never seen it, but I've, you know, heard about that. Movie. Yeah, Annabelle is one of the the things in their museum or whatever. Mm -hmm. um, and then the, I think The Nun is connected as well. Mm. Um, but they're all the, like, jump scare, like, weirdly Catholic horror movies, right? Yeah. And by weirdly Catholic, I mean, not not that it's weird that there's Catholicism in it, but it, it's like it's weird that they shoehorn it in somehow. Yeah, where it's like <laughs> it's like, OK, sure. I mean, we can make this set in the church. Yeah, sure. I guess yeah. that's fine. 
<laughs> All right. Um, the church. Okay. Yeah. I, I mean, one of the things that they did with this movie with the bigger budget, though, is that the because teens grow very quickly, um, the all of the teen actors had to be de-aged to match their ages in the first film. Yeah. Which is kind of funny. Yeah, it's um, kind of weird. It, it, it doesn't because, you know, Marvel can get away with that because they've got they're spending multiple hundreds of millions of dollars per movie Mm -hmm. they i don't think it works as well on this one because they're going with people who have far less screen time because like that's that's really what they're doing is they're making a deep fake of other footage so like yeah you know in ant-man when you see michael douglas look like he's in his 40s it's because he was in a shit ton of movies when he was in his 40s and so it's very easy for them to apply that in filters yeah to do that with these kids like there's just not as much footage and and i mean i'm not a technical person at all coming to like film and stuff like that but i would assume it's a little bit easier to do it with like an adult like aging them like you know from like well yeah because your facial features don't change as much yeah but when you're a kid you know you're constantly like changing and stuff like that right i feel like it would be you know more difficult to actually de-age a kid and that's why i feel like i don't know did it it hit that uncanny valley for you or uh it kind of did but like it it like it triggered that sense, but I, I kind of was spoiled because going into it, I knew that that's what they would have had to have done. So I was mm. like expecting it and looking for it, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and, I, you know, that's not the only reason that this was not my favorite movie. But yeah, but like, you know, it was it was pretty much critically panned. Like there were not really any bad remarks, but there weren't any great ones either. Yeah. Um. The AV Club gave it a C plus, okay. Which they're pretty generous <laughs> for a, a lot of a lot of things. Like they're pretty not in this specific instance. I'm saying their their grading curve is is pretty generous. It's kind of like Rolling Stones, right? It's got to oh, be okay. a real piece of shit to Boy, get like a one it. star in Rolling Stone. <laughs> nah, I didn't know that. I, I yeah, mean, like if you read um any don't of really read much of the stone well like any of his movie reviews like regardless of what he says like the star ratings are just kind of bullshit because everything mm. gets three stars yeah like three <laughs> is the zero <laughs> yeah three it's, is just like middle of the road like standard. it's very much like ign ign never gives a game like lower than like you know 70 if it's a major like uh, well i mean they want to keep the doors open to talk to those people yeah exactly I mean, and I assume it's the same on the um, film industry side, where it's like, if you give a film a bad grade, you're kind of burning a bridge with that particular director, that particular, like, you know, Um, studio. Or maybe I'm wrong. Yeah, I mean... Am I wrong? No, I mean, you're not wrong, like... I mean, I can be wrong. There's, there's, um... I feel like with movies, it's a little bit different because studios have become so homogenized that like, yeah, like they put out like this one studio will put out 80 movies over the course of the year. Like a couple of them get bad reviews, whatever, like game studios. They put out one game every like three years. Like they will keep that shit in their (laughs) mouth. They will hold a grudge, you know? (laughs) 
the scale's a little different. Although I will say from my own freelance experience that, um, Ah, flexing, flexing that freelance. I was, I was, well, like when I was reviewing like, like music um, and stuff like that, like there were, there were a couple of labels that would specify not to give it to me because like I, I gave would consistently and it wasn't like a hate thing like it was just it was just like oh i don't like the things that are coming out on this label yeah it's not like you had a hate boner well like at the time too i I don't know if this has changed i'm I'm sure it hasn't because there's really no reason for it to but the um the the pressers that they would give you um would have like uh like a label on them that 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 would compare it to other acts or other works out Mm. um so that you had some like frame of reference for when you were going into it like this is this type of music right yeah um expect this kind of like because i assume if you're going in to like yeah a classical you know i guess band and they come out all grunge you're like oh this isn't what i expected yeah well and like like the um you know, you wouldn't give like a metalhead Vampire Weekend's new album yeah. review, like right, like that. That makes no sense. But like, yeah. um, like my tastes are generally broad enough that like having, like I, and I, I don't know if it was even like maybe just the marketing person that they had. You keep on dropping that thing. I what do, I do. It's a pen. I'm, I'm oh. flicking it between my hands. Um. Oh, you've got that nervous tick. Yeah, yeah. I do. <laughs> um, the, uh, yeah, with, with, um, I, I don't know if maybe it was the marketing person that was just like sticking labels on. Yeah, this sounds like that. This sounds like that without mm-hmm. really thinking about it. But like, anytime I would listen to it, it's like, wow, compared to these other things, like this is still pretty trash. Um, This isn't that great. This is not that great. Like you will like this if you like X, Y, and Z from certain catalog, but it's, it's not as good as that. So yeah. um, Your mileage may vary, (laughs) but yeah, like it, you know, it, it happened two or three times and, yeah i the word came back to me that like hey in the future um just ignore things from this just give them to whoever because ah. like they would mail me like like that's why i have so many cds because that was the primary way of getting them um is yeah. they would just mail me a box and i would just have a shit ton of cds to go through and listen to and review I'd be like all um, right yeah yeah i think i remember going and like going with you to a concert. Oh yeah. I I used to do that pretty frequently. uh, Yeah. You would occasionally like have the opportunity to actually see the band live. Yeah. Yeah. Usually when I did different than like actually just listening into it on like a CD or something. Yeah. And like, usually when I did that, it was because they needed someone to get an interview. So there was like a camera person there. And Mm. so, yeah, like I would get free passes to shows all the time. It was actually pretty awesome. Um, Pre pandemic and me in my early to mid twenties. That was actually a pretty fucking cool thing. Yeah. Keep drinks, listen to a, a somewhat, I mean, most of them were shitty bands, but yeah. Well, like in the, the fun thing about that is that like at the time, the, the popular drink to drink was PBR. So you could go in I mean, and for I 10 bucks, get pretty, pretty, uh, I think it's still popular, pretty buzzed. 
they changed their uh, their formula. I've heard. I mean, I can't. I I can't drink anyway. So, that's, yeah. You know. Um, they changed their formula. But they they changed the formula. The last time my brother had it, it gave him like a raging headache. Mm. Maybe he was just drinking too much. No, like within the first couple of sips, he was just like, mm, I, I got to switch out. But um, yeah, uh, uh, let's see. Let's get back on topic. Oh, yeah. Um, Sorry. So this one. Uh, yeah, like the only other thing I have in terms of background on it is that apparently they're they're talking about doing a third one. Um, what would they? So here's the thing <laughs> there. So. They apparently want to make a third one that acts as a prequel, right? Oh, that, but but they already have the kids. Yeah, but I mean, be... like further back. Like I, my my impression of what they're doing is they're talking about doing a prequel and like making it the kind of like doing what they did with the Conjuring and like make it the It universe, where like, mm. oh, here's a movie where that guy chopped up a bunch of lumberjacks up at the border. Um, but there's here, no, like, here's the story of the Dooley gang getting shot in the middle of the street, you know, um, I, like the things in the past. That there it, would be no like, I don't know, there would be no um, substance to it because you know what's going to happen. It's, I mean, it's kind of like the uh, solo movie where it's like, yeah, I yeah, there's no stakes. You, yeah, there's no stakes because they're not going to find out about it because it was resolved in these two movies. Yeah. And, you know, it's not going to get defeated because clearly you need to have it. So it's like, why tell these stories? Like, yeah. 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 There, I mean, there's there's really no reason for it. Um, plus, like. Like, you know, they could do some interesting things, like if, if they wanted like a. um because like yeah there there's no stakes but they could still they could do something like um have you ever seen zodiac no so Is that another horror movie uh no it's more of a true crime movie um yeah. it's it's uh, based on you know the zodiac killer um mm. and and the investigation around that and how it spanned several decades like it's it's a really good movie i, I watch it several times a year um oh. but it's uh they could do something like that maybe with the um the the iron the kitchener ironworks thing and like oh, yeah. you know lead up to that being the climax of the movie where it's like just be be one of these super depressing ruinous like detective stories where like at the end of it like you figure out what's going on and then something horrible happens and like movie over I don't yeah. think that that plays very well. I think it's a very yeah. specific type of person, AKA me and like 10 other people that like movies that do that. Yeah. I, I um, don't think I would be interested in that kind of. Yeah. Most people like to have a resolution to their movies. I, I'm the type of person that I don't care as long as I'm entertained. Like if you want to stop it in the middle of the ending, I've, Fuck, go for it. I'm not the artist here. Yeah. <laughs> I'm I guess I'm different in that. Yeah. Yeah. But but like they could do interesting stuff, is all I'm saying. Um it's kind of like what they what like Bloomhouse movies do, and I'm not really a fan of that. Because like mm -hmm. Bloomhouse does I forget how many movies there there are in the series, but um 
like paranormal activity. Mm-hmm. Like they have one uh present day then a sequel to that but a, like same time period ish but a little bit in the future. Yeah. Wow. And then the third one goes all the way back to the 80s. And then the fourth one is a little bit more in the future past the second one. And then the fifth one is all the way back in the night. Like it's, it's, it's a bizarre timeline that makes no sense. And it's like, don't, don't do this. Just make the movies in the order you want them to come out. in. Yeah. It's a bit (laughs) jarring. Yeah. Like moving that much, like in time frame. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. I mean, it's, it, to me, it just smacks of trying to make a quick buck. Um, which that's, that's what this would be if they made it it prequel and didn't have like, I mean, maybe hell, maybe they go back to the very beginning and we're going to see some weird fucking like spider versus turtle fighting out, out out in like a void of nothingness, you know? And and would that be something that you wanted? I mean, I, <laughs> I I know I asked this. <laughs> Just like I, yes, <laughs> yes, this is something I would. Love. I mean, I mean, yes, I I would watch it. I, I I don't know if I would like it or if I want it, but I would watch it if it came out. <laughs> you know this about me. I do. Uh-huh. I will watch a trash movie about a giant turtle fighting a giant spider. <laughs> just in a uh, void in just a void yeah. outside of time <laughs> i don't know i just I, I i feel like that wouldn't be fun no i mean I, i'm not saying it would be good i that movie would be terrible um i would watch it but <laughs> i watch that movie i i would watch the shit out of that movie but but it would not be good um i mean you know what i what and I think I said this before when we were talking about the miniseries, maybe. Mm-hmm. But um, what I would love for them to do with with this one and the first one is to release like an author's edition of it. And I, I know that that would make this movie. God, if they kept everything, it would make it like a six hour movie. Yeah. But, I but mean, and they've got I, the miniseries for that. Yeah, well, like, like what I would want them to do is not even do the miniseries with the hard cuts, is yeah. to put out basically what I would call an author's edition of the two movies that are cut together to match where those things take place in the book. Mm. If that makes sense. Yeah, yeah, I, I get what you're trying to say. Um, But like one long continuous work. Hmm. Um, I don't know, like it's... It seems pointless to do that, but you know what else was pointless that Warner Brothers did? Is Zack Snyder's Justice League. You know what else was pointless that they did? Uh, Space Jam 2. (laughs) I thought you were going to go itch after 2 and be like, damn, I'm coming real hard at the gate for this movie. I mean, I don't think it was as scary as... It's it's not. I, yeah, I, I feel like... I feel like a lot of things were ham-fisted where they were just trying to check boxes, at least. At least that's kind of where I was at. And I just, I don't know. Again, it's that uncanny valley. um, And it's this, like, 
I feel like it's more of an adventure of them trying to defeat it instead of it being the main scary monster. Like, it's interesting. It gets to a, a, a place where, like, the, the creature or whatever is unknown, or is known versus unknown. Yeah. I think that's why at least some of the scary movies for me are impactful because it's like an unknown factor. Like, going back to it, or not it, the thing. The thing is an unknown factor where you're not a hundred percent sure what what it actually is. So you you don't know. You don't have a bead on it. Where you're very like well versed and understanding of who Pennywise is. And you know, it's like it's interesting to balance out your scary movie with like the main protagonist like trying to battle it. Usually you think like scary movies are more of like cat and mouse sort of games. Yeah, I and this doesn't have that kind of feeling. This it, is it very, doesn't yeah. like the highest point of the movie of this one is when Beverly is like when they all split up and they go through their their old yeah. stomping grounds. Yeah, Beverly's section is fucking terrifying. Yeah, even though I've read the book and I like know what to expect, like the way they did that scene is terrifying. Mm -hmm. Um, that's really the only memorable thing that sticks out in my head. And I watched this like two weeks ago. Yeah, and even like. <clears throat> Or rewatched it. Sound wasn't as like as on point as the first one. No, like because the sound can really add a lot of like you know scary factors and everything along those lines. And I just I don't know. I kind of came away bored, which probably isn't that great. Yeah, yeah. Um, I'm looking in the the person who composed everything for this also did the scores for Hidden Figures, Blade Runner 2049 and Shazam. Um, I mean, those don't seem like the type of movies that kind of mix with this one. Yeah. Very well. Um, Yeah, I I just I don't know. I, I felt like. I don't know. I felt like I was expecting something i'll say the end is ridiculous um when i when i got to the end i was like oh shit when when is the video game adaptation of this coming out because yeah it it looks ridiculous yeah when it's it's... supposed to like i don't know like the the miniseries like the end like they physically fight something but because it's physical it like it's a kind of approximation to the unfilmable version that's in the Stephen King book, you know, mm-hmm. where it's all in their head and it's like, yeah, Pennywise isn't really a spider, but that's the closest approximation. Yeah. This is what to what, yeah. Like, like it's, it's the closest mold that fits the form, but it's even more horrifying than that. It's just beyond your comprehension of, of internalizing it right Mm -hmm. 
this he's he's big and he's he looks like a like a Mario Kart character. Yeah. Right. Like, couldn't uh-huh. you see them like doing a cross promotion and being like, yeah, we'll throw a fucking Pennywise in this kart racing game. <laughs> yeah. I mean, why not? He'll be next Ooh. to Bowser and the Peach. I mean, hell, if Twisted Metal were still a viable franchise, sure. I could totally see them do. A I sweet could totally like see that. This. Yeah. Yes. As, <laughs> as a Twisted Metal like playable character. Yeah, I mean, you kind of have it with Sweet Tooth, but kind of, yeah. Um, but yeah, no, like the the ending of this is ridiculous. Yeah, um, it's. I mean, it's not a horror movie at that point in time. Yeah, it's like not a horror movie in well, my opinion. And it it um, it's it's really strange to me again that and and we talked about it in the last coverage is they they reference wanting to to like have nostalgia for these older forms of media and then they just they do something a hundred percent digital and like that's fine but like i don't understand where the inspiration for that is coming from exactly like if they wanted to because like i really enjoy marvel movies like those are all digital Mm mm-hmm I'm fine. Like I have no problem with something being digital. I I find it very strange to say, yeah, I'm influenced by John Carpenter. Anyway, here's my giant, um, my giant, my giant digital, uh, it cart. Yeah. (laughs) Like where, where did you like, like how, how did we get to this point? Yeah. How, how did, when at what stage of conceptualizing this character did you land on this because you're like i have some questions i I have lots of questions (laughs) one of the things that that was interesting to me but again is kind of like well this is kind of coming out of nowhere um at least i don't recall it in the book is um uh richie being uh gay and pennywise like going i know your secrets i i think that was in the book was it am am i just like completely blanking out on that like i i I don't remember him being gay in the in the which i mean it's it's a fine change it's i don't think it was like specified yeah i don't think it was like i think it was more implied than anything else but again i'm which is strange because i'm normally pretty good at picking up on people coding things certain ways like that but like that is not one that i i picked up on at all so Hmm. um i will say though i did think it was funny that stephen king is uh is a cameo in this did you notice him no he's the uh he's the uh um pawn shop owner oh he did a um uh Oh gosh, why am I blinking on his name? He was in all the Marvel. Oh, movies. Stanley. Yeah, he did Stanley. Yeah. Ah, okay. Yeah, it's um, and and I'm just reading from trivia here. Apparently, the film director is a customer at the pharmacy. Um. Uh, Guillermo pharmacy. del Toro is a can is a cameo as the janitor that Ben encounters when fleeing from Pennywise. Hmm. Oh, no, mm-hmm. uh, they were not able to. They tried to get him. Oh, OK. Um, 
Oh, they had uh, Joe Hill, who was Stephen King's real life son, um, cameo as the younger version of the pawn shop owner in a flashback scene with. Oh, that's kind of cool. Uh, huh. But they but they cut the scene from the the final oh, the final release, which that's kind of funny because if you've seen pictures of Joe Hill, he looks like Stephen King with a beard. <laughs> um, yeah, well, that's kind of sad. I would they, have liked to see that. They were going to put the turtle in it, um, but instead they like this seems like a way to hype it up and ha- get the fans like they're going to put Maturin in there. Um, they put a golden turtle statue in Ben's home and then there's a smaller one in a classroom apparently. Yeah. That to me seems like they're like, see teehee, the turtle is everywhere. We, we know what you're talking or what you're thinking. Yeah. 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 I, um, yeah, I hate to be coming down so hard on this one, but like it's, I would have rather this not, come out i think and come out in the state that it did yeah um i mean i i don't know it's it's just hard because like again it felt not like a horror movie i don't know i just it felt like ah felt a little, little dialed in i mean and it's fine like it it kind of adapts the things in in the book here and yeah. there and it changes some stuff like at the end, but like, yeah, I don't know. It's, it, it's, it's just largely unsatisfying. Yeah. Like I'm, you, I'll... you'd think longer runtime after, especially after watching the first one, longer runtime would translate to, Oh, there's more worthwhile stuff in here. Yeah. And there's really not. Um, I mean, like I said, I just kind of bored after a while. Yeah. Yeah. Which, I mean, part of that could be the, you know, three-hour rent. <laughs> yeah, that could have been um, But yeah, I, um, I don't know. I, I, I think this would be a stronger movie if, like I said, if it was cut in an interstitial way with the first one so that it was part of one long thing. Yeah. But even then, like, I feel like the first one's way stronger than this one. Yeah. Um, yeah, rather I, than than watch this, I would almost say because there's so like there's there's enough in there of the kids in the miniseries. But like like I said, they mainly focus on the adult side. Um, watch the miniseries instead of it. Chapter two would yeah. be my suggestion. It's it's, you know. It'll probably give you what you're looking for in that, like, sort of fear factor. Because, you know, yeah. that's what I'm kind of assuming that people are coming and watching this is for that fear factor. For yeah. that, like, scary unknown. But maybe I'm wrong. I don't know. Yeah. yeah. I just, I wasn't scared. Yeah. I wasn't yeah, well, it's not a very scared. scary movie. It's more of like a... Um, I wasn't... Yeah. Like, wasn't other than the scared. scene where, um, well, like I said, where Beverly goes home... Like that—that's the one like mildly anxious, yeah, thing that happens in here, and then everything else is just kind of like, I don't know, not not very horror. It's like, oh, okay, that's yeah. I can see how that would you know bother that character, yeah, or like, oh, that's... I guess they're going to um, you know, 
fight it and you know confront it and yeah yeah um so yeah did you have anything else to say about (laughs) it (laughs) it's long it is long um i I mean so do you think you think they'll revisit this i guess franchise i mean i mean so with stephen king what would you consider his most like popular or more recognizable ip do you think it is it like in in terms of series just yeah everything that he's done what do you think is his most like recognizable it doesn't have to be popular but like it's the most recognizable i don't know uh, i feel like the shining is his most popular really uh or most well known um in terms of popular in terms of like potential for like franchise like Mm. i would say dark tower okay i i would say it i think it's a lot more recognizable and famous than the shining just given like, I, I think i think the mini series is more popular than the book because you like you have to keep in mind that the mini series was like one of abc's biggest hits like in a, in the previous decade yeah uh, like a lot of people watch the mini series so i, I think, feel like a lot of people like that's where like at that point that's when like um it was put in the the public consciousness as oh this is stephen king related right yeah um i i because like the book sold well like it sold well enough to get you know a mini series adaptation mm-hmm. but i i don't know at the time if it was more well known than something like the stand or um the shining you know but I think with that kind of like saturation of the yeah. market, that makes it the most like recognizable one. Yeah. Where, you know, if people are like, oh, do you know, like name one thing that Stephen King did? I think like if we were on Family Feud, I feel like it would be number one in the category of, name a book that stephen king wrote well let's see Um... i I feel like i feel like most people would say it just because i think you know shining shining only had one adaptation of like the um the movie uh no i had uh had three two of them were on television oh Oh, right, right, right. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, but, like, I'm looking at his bibliography up through when it came out in 86. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's definitely his longest book, which probably put a lot of people off. But, like, I'm looking at that list, and I feel like... I feel like either The Stand or The Shining. Maybe Carrie. Think... Maybe Carrie is mm, what he Carrie. would have been known for by the time the book came out. I don't um, think many people knew much about like uh the stand i think if you ask some people people would be like i didn't know stephen king wrote the stand yeah yeah that's fair yeah and well and i i just meant up up to the point of 1986 
like looking at his other books yeah 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 out. i was um, talking like right now i think most people would um oh yeah right now i i don't think that that's that's one that people immediately jump to yeah um I think people immediately jump to it just because it has that um that market saturation hmm okay i mean and, and again personal opinion yeah yeah yeah, I mean, right now, in terms of, yeah, I don't know. I It's funny. I don't think that if you were to ask just a regular person on the street, like, what movie do you associate with Stephen King? Um, I don't know how much people would actually jump to horror first. Like, maybe really? with books. I mean, he's a horror writer. Right, but maybe with books. I, I'm thinking about if you ask someone, what movie do you associate with Stephen King? I feel like someone's going to say like, like people are going to more likely say Shawshank Redemption or the Green Mile mm. than anything I, like the Shining or like I, just in terms of now, I could be completely wrong, but in terms of like, you know, pe again, people being asked, what I mean, movie do you associate? You know what? <laughs> when I first saw the Green Mile, I did not know it was a Stephen King uh, novel. Oh, you didn't? I did not. Oh, they put his name everywhere on that <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I must have missed it, but yeah. <laughs> but I watched it, and somebody was like, "Oh yeah, that's a uh, Stephen King book." I'm like, "What?" Yeah. <laughs> um. Uh. Well, uh, anything else on on it? Um, Chapter two. So I would probably give it like a solid C. Yeah. It, yeah, and. You know, hey, that's generous. Like, I was gonna say D, probably mm -hmm. D plus, maybe C you know, minus. Well, again, um, horror's not my genre, and yeah. it's it's interesting because, like, I know what makes a good movie at least good for me, but um, yeah, this this movie just I, I kept on looking at the time and going, okay, all right. Is it is it good? Are we done? Nope. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> I just I wasn't having fun with it. Yeah. No. Me me I mean I will watch it for the sake of completing. completing. Like if I'm if I if I were like watching a like okay, we're gonna do one and two, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah, I'll watch it then, but like I don't have to like the first one's closed off enough that I feel like it's it's fine. It's a yeah. fine encapsulation of the of the movie, um, yeah. of the the work. Yeah, yeah. Um, I mean, I just I feel I feel like the miniseries is probably the strongest out of the adaptations. Yeah, and yeah. In terms really, of coverage, yeah, yeah. And really, I mean, I really enjoyed the book, and I know I kind of stated this in the book review but you know i was daunted at first just by the size of the book but it really does move fast it really keeps you very suspense it does right yeah. it moves surprisingly quickly yeah and again i think stephen king is a very prolific writer and well like accessible where it all of the descriptions and all of the like what he was trying to illustrate really bleed 
on those pages and you can really like understand what's being interpreted yeah. especially when like you know the main character is this unfathomable unrecognizable eldritch horror basically yeah yeah well it's it's uh you know like if if uh If you look at like how how King writes too, like it's it's more welcoming. Like you you have people like Lovecraft who use words like Batrachian to describe yeah. frogs, and then or frog like, like people. What um, does that mean? And then you have King who's just like, yeah, it's a big fucking turtle. <laughs> and you're like, all right, I know what that is. All right, I can picture a turtle. I can yeah. picture a turtle vomiting up creation. Yeah. weirdly enough uh, sure, yeah it's yeah. not that strange a creation mythology really exactly um yeah i i had something to appreciate about king being like yeah yeah here's a turtle it's a turtle it's when, gold yeah. yeah when other people are like <laughs> these large words and you're just like what what does that mean i i appreciate the directness with which he writes yes. Yes. me too <laughs> So, yeah. um, what would yeah. what would you consider your favorite, um, or the one that you keep on going back to in the It universe? Honestly, the miniseries. I think I've watched it way more than anything. Mm. Okay. Yeah, yeah. I I think of of the three. I recommend the miniseries. Yeah, you think it's more accessible? Yeah, it's more accessible. It's also um. It's so it is kind of slow if you're watching it from the perspective of like I'm watching a an episode of a show, right? Because like older TV moves much slower, like it's paced way slower. But if mm -hmm. you watch it in terms of like I'm watching a two part movie and you watch the miniseries, like it's paced right. It's fine. It's yeah, <laughs> it's not bad. Yeah, like you, you just have to adjust how you think of what you're watching, if that makes sense. Yeah, no, that makes sense to me. Yeah. Yeah. OK. How about you? Did, did you have a favorite? Uh, well, like I said, the book, I think the book. Oh, the probably, book. Yeah. Oh, I see, book... I thought, yeah, no, the book hands down. Sorry, <laughs> I thought you just meant the adaptations. Oh, no, no. <laughs> uh, yeah, so I would do book, um, miniseries, the 2017, then the 2019. Yeah. Yeah. I think the 2019 is the weakest and probably the most skippable one. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's it's funny. It's they. I think there's a reason why, even though Warner Brothers put twice the budget in, they got half the results back. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Okay. Well, with that, um, did you want to talk about your Mimi's first? Sure. Yeah. Um. So, <clears throat> one of the the games that I've actually been playing, which is a, a fairly fun game. And I've just been playing it for myself. Is uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know, I occasionally do that. I I play. You games play it for yourself. For myself. Um, it's it's more of a a very quick base game. Um, 
the levels are extremely easy, but it's super hot. Have you uh, heard about this game before? Uh, I have. Yeah. I have not played it. Hot. It's it's fun. It's it's a first person shooter that's akin to a a real time strategy. Yeah, because isn't the thing that the game only pro- time only progresses when you move. when you move? Yes. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Which <laughs> is a fantastic mechanic. Um, and you know you can see like the bullets move and stuff. So when you get hit, you're like, "That was all my fault. It was my fault." You know, I should have kind of taken a a look around the room. I should have, you know, kind of slowed down a little bit. But it's awesome because you can also like throw your gun. You can pick up a gun, and the levels are, I mean, the longest level is probably like a minute if that so they're extremely fast they're very much like like popcorn you can devour a few levels all in once and it's interesting because they add in like new mechanics like it's something that um that doesn't overstay its welcome so i've been i've been enjoying it the graphics are, you know, aight. It's it's a very like basic game, and I feel like it's very accessible in that way, where you don't need like a super powerful computer to process the entire game. But there are some interesting elements to it, um, out of world and everything along those lines. Um, I would. I would actually recommend it to you. I think, uh, I'm not sure. I know that you have like a Mac and everything along those lines. Well, Um, I think it's on other stuff, right? Like you have Steam? Yeah, no, I have Steam. It just. I'm pretty sure you can play on Steam because that's where I'm playing it on is Steam. Uh, Let's see. I mean, it's, it's on, I have a PlayStation 4. Oh, it's probably on that too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, it's it's uh, it's on uh, Windows, Linux, OS X, Xbone, PS4, Oculus Quest, Stadia, and Nintendo Switch. Yeah, because it's again, it's a very simple game to run and everything, and it's it's a lot of fun. It's just kind of a lot of fun to take a an observation of the room, see your enemies move into cover like try to dodge bullets there's a couple of levels that where you like don't start off with a gun so you have to like disarm somebody you have to like throw people through windows and <laughs> I, it, the, the graphics are all like basic stick people and it's got that whole like sort of like vhs kind of vibe to the uh, graphics where it's got that i forget what's called but that like scratchy vision sort of deal uh retro or rotoscope is, oh is yeah, yeah 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 so so it's a lot of fun i've been enjoying it you know it's a it's a game where you can put in like 15 minutes and then call it a day if you want to hmm okay yeah, highly recommend it cool so is it is it always procedurally generated then no so it has levels 
Oh, okay. So you can you could just like speed run it and just memorize. Yeah, yeah. Gotcha. Okay. It'd be interesting to sort of see the speed run. I'm interested to see time to beat and speed run. Might. Uh, How long to be super hot? Super hot. This is what people listen to podcasts for. People Googling shit. Yeah. Uh, two and a half hours for the yeah. main story. Wow. Yeah, there you go. That's actually really short. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's completionist is 20 hours, which yeah. I don't know what you would be doing for 20 hours. If, I mean, if the game's only two. <laughs> I mean, you've got to take some time sometime. I like there's a lot of just reschedule or resetting the level and just like trying over gotcha yeah but it's been a lot of fun i've i've really enjoyed it and i'm happy i picked it up oh good yeah was was that it oh yeah i did oh okay uh yeah so no i thought we were going to go back and forth oh yeah yeah yeah. sorry sorry uh let's see so um yeah so i have three things um okay all of these are things that, again, I think you would really enjoy. Ah, <laughs> um, I'm always so looking for recommendations. First one is Final Fantasy XIV, Dad of Light. Um, Dad of Light? Yeah, Dad of Light. It's a, um, it's only like seven or eight episodes. Hmm. But it's about a guy who um, kind of bonds with his, his recently retired father, who is also kind of cut off and distant right mm-hmm. uh because it's he's a japanese father he's not probably not as physically or emotionally present you know just given how the mainstream society works yeah um but he bonds with him through uh final fantasy 14 um oh, cool square enix uh, is one of the production companies on this okay. <laughs> after all yeah i um, mean free free advertisement but free he he um like there's a section of where you know like he's thinking back of of like his dad um you know getting super wrapped up into final fantasy one right mm. and so he you know as a retirement present for his dad buys him a playstation 4 and final fantasy 14 and kind of hopes to like connect with his father in game yeah so that like that it re- it will reflect their relationship in the real world um, and like cute. reveal because like one of the big back and forth things is like when do i reveal to him that i am his son <laughs> uh, yeah. and that we could have been doing this the entire time yeah um, that actually i uh stumbled across a uh youtube channel of this um this older lady who really loves like rpg like games and stuff like that who's like kind of um ended up losing a lot like her her story is really sad but like she's found like solace in like these rpg games and she just like you know lives the retired life and just kind of like really gets into these like playing these games and whatnot so Hmm. yeah it's it's a really wholesome sort of and it's just like a um uh like an interview with her and everything along those lines so it's it's kind of cool. I mean, I assume she probably has a a YouTube like Let's Play channel, maybe. Yeah, I'd have to investigate it. But like, it's really cool just to like 
see her play games and i hope when i get to that age i can be like i still love my video games (laughs) (laughs) well like so this um like this show though like it has a hundred percent rotten tomatoes like i'm i'm looking at it now oh wow and it's one of those that mixes machinima with live action so like there are scenes like when he's in the game they've just put a camera a digital camera in the game to capture those characters speaking uh, in the game right yeah, yeah um which it's funny because i'm reading one of the bad reviews that ign like it, it's ultimately not a bad review but ign said that the show is charming um thought the premise was too long for an eight episode series yeah and commented that Final Fantasy fourteen does not look anywhere near as good as the actors portrayed it to be. Isn't as good. Yeah. Yeah. Which, I mean, they have a movie version that came out a couple years ago called Brave Father Online. That, hmm. that kind of truncates everything. Like, it's it's the same story. It's just, it's like two hours instead of eight. Okay. Because yeah. I think, if I remember right, well, no, I... I think the episodes are only like 20 minutes an episode, but yeah, no, that's, that's one that I I thought you would enjoy because it's, it's like a, you know, a live action anime premise. Yeah, no, I mean, it sounds really cool. It sounds like it would be a, um, uh, fun watch. How long is it? Uh, it's only seven or eight episodes. Okay. And they're like 20 minutes an episode. Like it's, it's not very long at all. Yeah. Oh, nice. Uh, so on the anime front, um, I've actually been watching a a recently a recent anime uh, that I've actually I've been really enjoying, and it's called uh, My Dress Up Darling. It's kind of a slice of or slice of life romance um, genre. Uh, there's quite a few memes out there that's kind of what uh spawned me to watch this this show okay so the premise is there is a very popular um high school girl who is big into like cosplay and and she also really enjoys um hentai games which is interesting but um (laughs) she doesn't know how to sew and um there's this one i guess shyer guy who's in the class but he also like makes these japanese dolls did i did i talk about this episode you you did Okay. Yeah, I started talking about this. I was like, "Did did did I already bring this up?" Yeah. No. Previous... I mean, you've you've talked about this before. Like, have, have you watched uh, further along into the story? I'm assuming. Uh, a little bit. Yeah. Okay. I mean, it's still good. Yeah. <laughs> I can't I mean, we can also <laughs> no, we can also revisit things because I think I've talked about like Man- Minecraft dungeons multiple times. Uh, um. Uh, I love how my confidence like slowly like I was listening to off. it. I was like, is he why is he talking slower? Is he <laughs> Yeah, because I started slowly realizing I was like because I was describing it, I was like, 
oh, I feel like I'm describing it. Like I've done this description before. Yeah. And I was like, oh, I probably <laughs> talked about this at a previous me, me, me. Uh, that's that's kind of embarrassing. Yeah. Mm. No, I mean, mm-hmm. like I said, I've I've talked about things. Uh, Minecraft mm. Dungeons comes to mind, but I think that there was another thing that you were like, <laughs> you talked about this like two weeks ago. <laughs> it's like, oh, did I? Huh. <laughs> I really need to. I really just need to have a list of things. Yeah. Just because I'm like, ah. Oh. That's what I do. I keep a list of things on my phone and I'm just like, uh, what did I do again? My memory's terrible. Uh, yeah, I did this. <laughs> I did this. Um, I mean, my other third thing, because I had three things, um, <laughs> uh, I ran, uh, which is, uh, so. Like as part of a training program or? Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm doing, um, we have a big, um, 10K here in Atlanta the Peachtree Road Race. And I've been uh, training for that. And so I recently injured my my uh, ankle. I rolled my ankle when oh, I was running. Sucks. Yeah, it was, it was pretty bad. Yeah. It was even bad to a point where I actually went to a um, sort of like a dock in the box where they could take x-rays and yeah. stuff like that just because I thought maybe I had uh, broken something or I got like a hairline fracture or whatnot. And uh, luckily I didn't, but I tore muscle. And muscles actually takes a longer time to heal than the bones Hmm. as they have to repair and everything along those lines. And truthfully, I don't know how long the injury is going to be with me, but it's going to be with me for a while. Yeah. Like I've been uh running and you know, I can still feel like the soreness in the uh ankle. Jeez. Yeah. And it's been, you know, a couple of months and everything like that. At first, you know, I didn't even run at all. So I haven't been running for about three months. Huh. And I just recently because I hadn't signed up for any of the uh runs. My last biggest run was the um thanksgiving half marathon right which i actually did really well i mean i had been like running i want to toot my own horn but i've been like doing a pretty good pace around like seven minute miles oh nice yeah especially for like six miles it's not bad um but like resting and not running for about three months really kills like any sort of speed that you had so i recently just got back out on the trail to run and um yeah so i'm running about like nine minute miles which isn't great and i can usually run for about like four miles before like you know i can feel my ankle like flaring up a little bit because i don't want to run to the point where like i'm hurting myself because then it won't like fully heal or anything like that. Right. I definitely want to keep it, um, you know, keep it loose and keep it active. I've been doing a lot of uh, physical therapy of like just rolling it hmm. and trying to keep it flexible and everything to allow the blood flow. But um, yeah, so I'm I'm hoping I'm hoping to either 
beat my previous time last year or you know at least be around that time but I'm do you little... remember what your time was again yeah so i ran it in 44 minutes uh and again it was a 10k so 6.2 miles okay 6.2 so i think um uh what yeah was that's my... actually really quick so my my average was yeah it was about like seven seven minutes and 20 seconds yeah around that time yeah it was um it wasn't it was a pretty decent time if i do say so myself yeah no that's actually really cool yeah but i don't know if i'll be able to do that again since again this injury and me not training for three months because like yeah. not training for a couple of months really you know it, it's sad to see your gains just kind of disappear your running gains and whatnot but we'll see we'll see come um come the fourth i will definitely check in with everybody and let, yeah. <laughs> let everyone know how i you know how i do plus i'll probably talk about my dress up darling again so you know <laughs> i'll forget about that i'll be like i ran the petrie road race also i watched this great watched anime this cool show oh i dress up darling and i'll be like oh no i've talked about that <laughs> oh, my gosh yeah. it's late <laughs> that's what i'm blaming it on lateness it's late <laughs> late I'm tired i'm old <laughs> well um okay yeah so my uh second of three is uh peaky blinders um peaky blinders. Okay. it is a historical crime show hmm. um it follows like there was a gang a gang in the 1890s ish in england called the peaky blinders this is not that like this is fictionalized right mm -hmm. um but it's it's right after like world war one right yeah. and so there europe's in the, the process of rebuilding and so there's this one family that runs the gang the peaky blinders uh, and they cr control their area of uh, birmingham mm, and birmingham. it just over the um the the series like it's uh, i want to say that they're going into their sixth season um oh, wow That's they valid. well it's it's a british show so there's um oh so it's like it's yeah like there's let's see four episodes yeah there's there's six episodes per season per season yeah yeah so um like they start out just after world war one and then this sixth season is um let's see it focuses on so it's in in december of 1933 is when the sixth season starts mm -hmm. um prohibition has been repealed in the u.s which th that's one of the plot points earlier in the show is that they make a lot of money sending uh or bootlegging alcohol alcohol into yeah. the u.s um i can't believe that was a thing you know, it's yeah. I don't. Mm, am um, I going to get on my soapbox? <laughs> I don't know. Um, well, it's it's interesting that that it's gone so far because, like the um, the whole thing is that, like you know, in this most recent season, um, it or the fifth season rather, it's in uh, takes place in nineteen twenty nine, um, the morning after a rally by a guy named Oswald Mosley, who. 
history scholars and people who follow right wing um, history as a way of tracking the way movements work. Um, Oswald Mosley was a like famous British fascist. Um, no, I didn't know that. And yeah, yeah, he um, and, you know, the sixth season deals with because they're getting into the 30s, um, you know, the Nazi Party obtains power in Germany, mm-hmm. uh, which means that with Oswald Mosley in England, there's a huge upshoot in the membership in the British Union of Fascists. Um, it's it's interesting that the Peaky Blinders are involved in this, because like if you if you think about like if you look at the historical thing of, of Mosley, like he was a very upper crust British socialite, right? Mm-hmm. Um, the Peaky Blinders are all like working class people. Like I want to say that the Shelby family, like there's there's several storylines that actually bring up the fact that like they have Romani connections and Romani blood. And mm. so like they are people that would not be very welcome in a fascist agenda, but that's like that's the way the wind's blowing at the times. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> for him to do business with people um because one of their their main sources of income is also running guns as well so uh, we'll see how they, he yeah like he gets involved in in also being forced to maintain a relationship in this atmosphere by um ministry of intelligence hmm. so there's also some spycraft stuff in there but like That's old cool. old spycraft stuff like yeah. pre like most people think when you say spycraft you think like cold war but this is like right before cold war yeah. spycraft which is much different like um it, anyway it's an interesting historical show it's um you know they only spend about a million dollars um an episode which i say only but like it's it's also a period piece yeah so like that money has to go a long way per episode to, to yeah. make it look and feel like, you know, 1920s Birmingham in England. Like, yeah, it's, <laughs> there's a lot of things they have to redo and set up on a soundstage and stuff like that. Yeah. Um, and you said you, you had oh, run out I, of your three, three shots. Yeah. Right? Because, because one of my things was uh, something I had already talked about. Gotcha. Well, uh, um, I'm sorry. No, you're fine. Uh, so the last thing I'll talk about then is I recently, I, I say watched, I rewatched because I've seen this as a kid multiple times. It was one of my favorite Disney movies as a kid. Um, the rescuers, ah, the original rescuers. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Well, and, uh, down under was also a favorite, but I, I only watched this one recently. Um, it's so It's (laughs) it's real good. It's, it's, um, I wish they would make Disney movies like that again. Um, maybe yeah. maybe there's a good reason they don't, because I can see this being traumatizing for, for people. Yeah. Um, in fact, I think I've talked little... about this before, but um, I'm going to talk about it again. So, um, I mean, we're all talking about things. That... <laughs> so, yeah, like I was looking, I'm, I'm looking online right now, and I knew it was based on a kid's book series, right? Yeah. Um, which that might make for good... Um, uh, book club <laughs> fodder yeah, honestly maybe. um but the um the interesting thing is that disney 
started to develop it in 62. So this this movie came out in 77. They started development on this movie in 1962, but then they shelved it because Walt Disney himself disliked the project's political overtones. What? Um, uh, if you remember, Walt was a little bit. He was very right wing. Um, yeah. He so he's also kind of anti-Semitic. Um, yes, the the um, whole thing with the rescuer starts out in the UN, and <laughs> the mice are having a little miniature UN where they're <laughs> yeah, where they're discussing like yeah, it's the it. rescue aid society, but it's it's basically the mouse version of the UN. Yes. <laughs> Um, and they're rescuing this little girl. Um, it's yeah, no, like the, the book um, came out in the 50s, which is... Isn't Boris one of the um, voices of... Um, it was a famous voice actor who did uh, the male mouse. Uh, Bob Newhart. Yeah. He was a comedian. Yeah, and yeah. I think the... Wasn't the mouse's was... name Boris? No, uh, Bernard. 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 Yeah, yeah. yeah, it's Bernard and, and Miss Bianca. And Miss Bianca Bianca. is voiced by Ava Gabor. Yeah. It's such a, like, a, a big... I, I feel like those were big names at the time. They were, which is really funny because, um, you know, they... Uh, I'm, I'm looking here. Yeah, Robin Hood from 1973, like from 73 71 to maybe the end of the 70s early 80s like disney was was basically a studio that was living like film to film like if they had a flop it was a serious problem yeah um yeah like Mm -hmm. and so it's it's uh it's an interesting relic from like you can tell that as a company they they kind of cut corners because like this movie is only a, a little over an hour long yeah yeah it's because this a long is bef- movie. yeah it's it's 77 minutes Th- this is before they like came up with rules of like no it has to be 90 minutes to be considered At feature least. length yeah like i mean but get- it's tight but it's a very tight movie with a, a yeah. good story and again like which Back a lot of times day. is why you see like, you know, the um, the plaza will sometimes do like double features. Uh, You'll see this paired with um, rescuers down under. Down under. A yeah, lot of times I wonder what the one times was rescuers down under. Um, rescuers down under is 77 minutes. OK, so it's it's fairly so short. It's, too. Yeah, you could basically have both of these play in the same span of an hour yeah. or a, a one movie. One movie, yeah. Um, but like, you know, it, it was interesting because at that time, voice actors weren't really like recognized as like real acting, quote unquote. Yeah. Um, but like the voices are fantastic in this uh, in this movie. Like, yeah. I think, yeah, they did a fantastic job. Well, it's it's funny. Um, a, a neat bit of trivia um, for this is that that. Uh, I find fascinating because I never stopped to think about it. So this came out in 77. Mm-hmm. The Rescuers Down Under came come out in uh, 1990. This is the first Disney animated film to have a sequel. Oh, interesting. I didn't know that either. Yeah, it was after that that they started doing the like straight to video sequels. The video movie, yeah. yeah. 
Although like, the Down Under came out in theaters because I distinctly remember watching that in theaters. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I think I saw that in theaters as well. Yeah. Yeah. Um, they had to make some changes with with the sequel because the guy that voices the albatross in this, yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, died. <laughs> so John Candy replaced him. Um, John Candy. I think did John Candy was that his last role? When did he die? I don't know. He died in ninety four. So no, um, mm, I'm yeah. pretty sure that he was. Yeah, he was in. Oh man, who? He was in a lot. He was no. He oh yeah. His last one while he was living was Cool Runnings. Cool Runnings. Ah. Um. His a, his last right two one. movies are Wagons East, which is garbage. Um. Never seen it. Uh. It's it's a buddy comedy with, with mm. John Candy and Richard Lewis, where they're um conquering their way across the Wild West, right? Huh. And then Canadian bacon. Oh, <laughs> I've seen Canadian. Yeah. But he wasn't alive for when that came out. It was filmed in '93, uh, and it came out in '95. Um, that's a oh Canadian bacon had a is eleven million dollar budget. It only made a hundred and seventy thousand. Yeah, it was not office. great. That is a bad movie. But yeah. um, you know what is a good movie is The Rescuers, which is what I was talking about before yeah. I got distracted. Um, everyone should watch that. It's it's interesting that Disney at one point was not afraid to go like dark. Yeah, <laughs> because the whole like these mice are called to rescue a child who has been kidnapped because she can fit in nooks and crannies and she's being forced to dig <laughs> dig out a pirate treasure in a very dangerous spot yeah. because she's tiny and can fit there yeah and these that's horrifying like, yeah who like stole her are kind of horrifying themselves can can we get a live action make of this like i would <laughs> i mean if, if someone were to give me the keys to the disney vault and go hey we're gonna keep make we're gonna keep doing movies making live action remakes of things that have been animated so that we can double our profits and fuck over the writers. Which movies do we see live action? I'm going to go rescuers. I'm going to go black cauldron. Oh yeah. Well, (laughs) make it so stupid. I'm going to go Fox and the Hound, uh, Robin Hood. Yeah. Um, Robin is an actual, like with furry costumes and everything. I mean, maybe, maybe CG. Like if, if, if I were being funny, I would say yes. Um, what would I want to see as live action? Um, mm. It's funny. I feel like Robin Hood, like Robin Hood for me is one of those movies where as a kid you're watching it and it's like, um, it's like, uh, oh, something's happening i feel like an adult right (laughs) um i mean at least for me like my the the two movies that i can think of (laughs) where that was the case was labyrinth and robin hood and robin hood yeah yeah which is which is weird because like i'm not a furry um i mean i promise i'm not um it's okay if you are but i oh no yes it'd be fine if i was but like i'm not I don't know what it is about that one movie that I'm just like, oh, yeah, I like this movie. Yeah. This is I'm, good. <laughs> makes me feel good inside. Yeah. 
Yeah. Um, man, that went on an awkward tangent. <laughs> <laughs> that happens. It happens. Part of yeah, the experience. Um, yeah, watch uh, watch the rescuers, um, yeah. and then watch um. It's good, and then watch Robin Hood. Robin Hood, and maybe you'll feel something good. Maybe you'll feel something good. Um, <laughs> yeah, so I guess that's this episode, and I guess our uh, our next book club coverage, which I think we forgot to plug at the end last time, but we were oh. talking about the goddamn ninja, <laughs> um, is uh, Ernest Klein's Ready Player Two. Ooh, that should be fun. Yeah, it should be. Yeah. Um. Which yeah, we'll um, talk about that when we. Moana is mine. What? Moana, from for Disney, Disney live action. I'd like to see that, please. Oh, that would be a good live action. I think so. And you could put you could put uh, Dwayne the Rock Johnson as you know, as Maui? his uh, as Maui? Maui as actual Maui. I think that would be good. Huh. Yeah, yeah, you're right. I was I was thinking of which um what movie I would want, like to see live action pied. <laughs> That's it. That's it. Keep it keep it silly and funny. <laughs> yeah. Okay, sorry. <laughs> no, we're good. Um so yeah, our next book is uh is uh, Ready Player 2 which will be coming out in a little bit. Um and uh yeah, we'll see you guys back here for that. Yeah. Yeah. We'll, we'll see you for Ready Player Two. Yeah. That's it. That's uh, all and I we'll got. Pro- and we'll, uh, we'll, we'll probably do a coverage on the Ready Player One movie since we neglected to do that. Because I don't think it was out yet when we oh. covered the book. Yeah, maybe it wasn't. I don't think it was out yet. I think they were still filming it when we covered it. Yeah, the book. I think we were very, we gave some like theory craft and everything like that. Yeah, but yeah, let's let yeah let we'll we'll do um Ready Player Two and then we'll we'll release an episode because content is or everything is content um yeah the Ready Player One film sounds good all right all right see you next see time ya. bye. bye. bye.